0: up everybody welcome back to another episode of silence your phones i'm one of your hosts chris chavez joined as always by sean fritz what's up dude
1: i'm just over here dodging crane kicks and you know climbing channeling fences
0: parkouring if you will parkour before parkour was parkour and it's uh one of the other things that i noticed because i'm referencing something that we haven't even told the listeners about yet but i noticed how they were trying to kind of bring soccer to the masses of america like pay attention oh. to this budding sport
1: Oh, um, we have not watched this yet, but there is a movie called Victory. It is about it's basically the longest yard with soccer. And the star of the movie is you have Pele <laughs> and Sylvester Stallone. How do I
0: not know what this is?
1: I don't know, because I think <laughs> I've told you about this before, too.
0: That's insane. But I'm going to check it out,
1: dude. Oh, we will have to check it out. <laughs> Sometime,
0: that's awesome. Um, no, dude. What we're referencing is the movie that we uh we were watching. You know, we decided that we were going to do a kind of let's look back at one of these films that's considered an iconic film. You know what I mean? This is this is one of those films that's considered iconic in pop culture history. Pop culture going back what how how when pop culture when you say pop culture like how far back are we going with pop culture? Fifties?
1: No, no. I, I think pop that, right? I mean, pop culture is popular culture 60s uh i mean it, it really like the pop advent culture of, like, is more the, like
0: the beatles did that kick off pop culture
1: i mean of Elvis. the time yes but I, I think really pop culture is more like what's currently in the zeitgeist um you know what autofill i mean and really if you want to if you want to get even more of what does that even mean uh what autofills on google when you start to type in something yeah, but story. I also
0: think like because you talk we're talking about like in the history of pop culture, right? So like how far back does that consider where pop culture is it that like so like Nosferatu is a silent film from the 30s, right? However, it's a popular yeah. thing like it's it's known in pop culture. So does it go back to the 30s?
1: It's not in popular culture. It's in the zeitgeist. It's in like our DNA of everybody knows what Nosferatu is and Boris Karloff and gotcha. you know, all of those. Uh, I think I think there is there are tiers. So pop culture, it, pop culture, <laughs> pop culture is now and in reverse, probably until maybe, and it might be a sliding scale. Uh, and this might be a whole conversation, Chris. Uh, it uh, it's maybe it's pop culture like until you were mid teens, or does it go back twenty years? I, I don't know. But early, you know, mid teens and before. Is that a different category of pop culture called nostalgia?
0: Yes. And exactly, then right.
1: And then historical information slash historical events before your time, like Woodstock, like the Beatles on Ed Sullivan, like uh, to your point, like, um, you know, I, I don't know what else, you know, like you said, Nosferatu, silent films and talkies and um, uh, the, who are the brothers, the ones with the mustaches, um, uh, the
0: Marx brothers.
1: Yes. Thank you. Yes, yes, yeah. yes. You know, those are not nostalgia for me or you, unless your dad most likely showed them to you. Uh, My dad certainly didn't. Neither did my mother. But you know, those would be nostalgic if they were of you know if they were shown to you at that time.
0: Yeah, just a theory. I just feel like this is when when you think about classic movies of the pop culture era that, that may, maybe it is the part of that nostalgia, but I also think that it would be considered classic in terms of cinema. Like overall mm-hmm. people look at, look to specific movies as pillars at certain decades. Right. And so mm-hmm. for the eighties, this is one of those that you look back to when you think um, movies that came from the eighties, you know, you always think of back to the future. You always think of ET, you always think of those types of movies, but this one's always in there as well. Well, and, and even to that point, and, and I think, Before nostalgia classics.
1: Yeah, I think that might be the third tier of and maybe there's more tiers and sub tiers and whatever. Um, No, I mean, this movie is so classic and embedded in nostalgia and as well embedded in um, pop culture, even 30, what, 30 plus years later, Mm -hmm. almost 40, that it spawned at least four seasons of a previously YouTube and now Netflix original series yeah a spin-off like three sequels about that two sequels a third one with a different person and then a remake reimagining with two with a whole different cast and then the 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 youtube original netflix tv show
0: but yeah we watched the karate kid this is it this
2: is the end of the line telling me did I tell you about the pool here? For Daniel LaRusso. Is this the only pool you guys got? The future seemed far from terrific. This place is a dump. You should go back to New Jersey. Hey, I know it's hard, but we're not quitters, as are we? Until I... he met the hey, right girl. She's beautiful. I say she's beautiful. I think she's beautiful. <laughs> is that your address? You got it. But that it. only angered yeah. the wrong guy. Oh my God. Yeah. Definitely. You gotta be nuts. Oh. And his troubles really began. You have to push it. Oh. Then, in one man, he found a teacher. I promise, teach karate. And a friend. Fighting, always last answer. How did you do that? Don't know. First time, power, whole body. Yeah! Make a perfect picture. How do I know if my picture's is the right one? If come from inside you, always right one. Lesson about the balance. Not just karate, lesson for all life. White train. So I won't have to fight. Hey, karate kid! (laughs) Let's take a move. (laughs) You know, points or no points. You're dead meat. I don't have much of a cheering section. You got me? In the end, it will be in Daniel's hands. In his body. And most of all, in his mind. Concentrate, focus, power. Remember balance, no mercy. Columbia Pictures presents The Karate Kid. Hey, what kind of belt do you have? Canvas. You like? (laughs) JCPenney, G
0: 98 <laughs> So, with the Karate Kid, this is something that I remember from being a kid watching, and I remember just like absolutely loving it. I loved it when I was a kid, and to me, you know, Daniel LaRusso was me, or I was Daniel LaRusso. You know, every I feel like a lot of little boys kind of identified with this character. But I <laughs> tell me, tell me if I'm alone here, because because if you. <laughs> I thought, like, I could learn karate by doing what he did, right? So, like, I remember trying to do days and days of wax on and wax, not actually waxing on and waxing off anything, but in my room doing the motions. Do you know what I mean? Uh, the the up and down and paint and fence. I really thought I could learn karate that way.
1: I, I believe that this movie <laughs> immediately entered the zeitgeist uh, of a pre-internet generation. Uh, anytime anybody watched this movie, be it 1984, or 1990 was pre-internet 96 Mm -hmm. uh or even the first time i saw it which was probably like 99 to be honest with you it was was, was a weird thing uh but this i mean the the movie has so many different things comments sayings actions that everybody every kid had repeated not knowing the context or knowing the context but i think this movie also uh to your point uh, had uh, not unlike 10 years later when Power Rangers also uh, <laughs> rekindled this every kid in elementary school in the playground uh, was the karate kid and you would fight
0: to be the karate kid trying to do the crane everybody's trying to do the crane balancing on something to do the kick
1: yeah I mean everybody tried guess who succeeded <laughs> every time <laughs> it, it was me <laughs> it it wasn't it
0: wasn't <laughs> that's all
1: (laughs) you're right there you can leave all those in
0: (laughs) that's awesome dude um no but this yeah i remember like i absolutely loved it as a kid and as i was watching so i watched it today before we recorded and i realized i don't think i i've seen this movie from beginning to end as an adult Mm, okay that's a different perspective i gotta be honest because especially when we start talking about it a little bit later and when we get Uh, through the we start talking about the movie itself there were certain scenes that i remember differently but from the kids a a child like a kid's perspective do you know what i mean so it was actually i was just like holy crap i haven't seen this since like the first time i saw it when i was a kid Um, i
1: think that that speaks to the perspective of the movie as well yeah yeah
0: definitely all right let's get right into the plot what google says daniel ralph macchio moves true to, story <laughs> moves to southern california with his mother lucille uh, played by randy randy heller but quickly finds himself the target of a group of bullies who study karate at the cobra kai dojo fortunately daniel befriends mr miyagi played by Noriyuki pat marita an unassuming repairman who just happens to be a martial arts master himself. Miyagi takes Daniel under his wing, training him in a more compassionate form of karate and preparing him to compete against the brutal Cobra Kai. This Mm. is June 22nd, 1984. This was released.
1: And all of the Cobra Kai does he fight?
0: (laughs) With the exception of some. So... Yes, that's actually a pretty good, you know, that's great. That's a great description of what this film is. It's There's nothing else that's pretty much, I mean, there are maybe there's there's like undercurrents of like themes of fitting in, right? Like, especially when you're a kid, you, when you move across the entire country and, and, you know, you're trying to fit in with the new people, the new kids, uh, especially the new girl. And And at that age, when hormones are just absolutely raging, you know what I mean? You see the new girl and that's like you forget that you're like the day before you were crying to your mom that you wanted to go home. Yeah. And
1: I mean, th- there's so many, there's so many other layers to this movie too. You know, like, like you said, it, it, the theme of fitting in being the new kid. Yes. Um, but there, there's also the theme of friends. Yeah. Um, I mean, there's a father son relationship that neither that, you know, uh, Mr. Miyagi and Daniel were both lacking. And, you know, as being as a parent, you see that a little bit more Uh, as an adult, you see that more than as a child Mm -hmm. while watching the movie, which let's be honest, the movie is geared towards, I think, maybe more kids, but like hot damn, there's some, there's some stuff we'll get into later that uh, we're watching the movie, but it's also about redemption and, and, and things of that nature too. There's, there's some subtleties with that as well with the, with the, uh, the villains of the, of the movie.
0: Yeah. Yeah. True. Um, So we have, you know, so this is the story of Daniel LaRusso and his mom moving from Jersey to California, which let me just address this real quick. He, he says his mom moved to from Jersey to California for a job Mm -hmm. and she's working as a waitress in a restaurant. No,
1: she's working as uh, my understanding was that they were out to dinner because they had just moved in. Uh huh, and they were still decorating and unpacking their furnished apartment.
0: Uh huh.
1: I want to burn that place down first of all because <laughs> the couch, the wallpaper, the backsplash—gotta love it. Oof! It, I think that '70s show had a better looking set.
0: And they're just like, oh, look at this! This is California. Look at the palm trees. Look at the sun. This is not New Jersey.
1: Look at the beat. Uh, look at the, excited, swimming the swimming pool. Swimming <laughs> pool yeah. with that with that duck in, or the goose in it. <laughs> um but uh, uh i think they were out to dinner it's never really fully clear but my interpretation was always that it was she was working in some california-based sector that was because you can get a waitress job anywhere why would you move from New? i mean right yes you should move from newark being That's a guy why I was like, who just happening? left newark being a guy who just left newark on <laughs> wednesday uh, <laughs> for work uh i can speak to and, and here's the funny thing we're watching the movie and i'm like Oh, that's Harrison. That is right across. There's the bridge that takes you from Newark to Harrison. I know exactly where that's at. Oh, those are the houses right across the street from the Hampton that's now there. And there's a Popeye's on the corner. And I know exactly where they were as they were driving when they were leaving. I'm like, this is, this is a flashback that I don't want to have a lot like Martin Cove probably has being a Vietnam vet. That's a fun way to
0: tie all that together.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, like so I broke him.
0: so he moves he moves to this. Like you said, he moves to this this kind of it looks like a, a hotel, like a, a mm-hmm. one of these kind of seaside hotels that you'd see in California or in Florida. I think they're motels when they have an external entrance
1: like that or motels. Yes, um, but it's a it's a beach resort. It's like a vacation hotel type place. Yeah. And people or, have apartments. It's
0: one of the places where like you can live as you, you know, you pay a weekly rate. and You can live there. Yeah, so long term stay. Don't, yeah. Don't don't ever think
1: that those are quality people. No offense <laughs> to those that live there.
0: Uh, no offense to Mister Miyagi, uh. But that's he the works idea. there. Big difference. <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's the idea, though, is that they they're there, uh, because it, it's easy for them to afford that at the moment. They're just moving to L.A. or to the uh, to the area, right? Is that L.A.? I think it is. And who knows? Maybe that's where the company
1: put her up for six months, with unknowing, not knowing where she, you know, where she works, definitively.
0: Yeah. So immediately, you know, Daniel LaRusso meets this kid in the building or at, in these, these places who has an apartment there. And he's like, yeah, I live here, too. And he's like, hey, we have this big beach party that's coming up. You should come hang out. And I was thinking to myself as I'm watching this, it was like, was so do movies make it this way or was it really that easy to just meet and make friends with people in the 80s? When you were a kid, I think you could
1: start talking to somebody and you would just be and then you recount the when you said hi so. my name's so-and-so so. and they said hello my name is different than yours but it's this yeah because uh, their name will not if it would be weird if their name was also so-and-so what's uh, happened yeah uh, i saw that there was a i watched a movie the other day and daniel chavez was the uh was some guy on uh like in the key grip or the special effects or something on i think i was watching specter
0: if you look up Christopher Chavez on Google, you'll find this, this dude that does yoga and plays acoustic guitar. I'll do you one better.
1: <laughs> if you look up Sean Fritz, you'll find a guy who's in his fifties who is in jail for killing somebody. <laughs> mm-hmm. What the? F- Isn't that's that fun? Crazy. I'm going to look it up now, dude. The things you um, do oh, when people look you up. That's amazing. Yeah, um, because they don't want to get killed when they go on a date with you. <laughs> that has happened in my life. Like, I'm going to, <laughs> to know a little bit more about this. I'm like, well, good news. I'm not in my fifties oh, or at God. the time it was probably late forties. Yeah. Yeah.
0: That's a real thing, by the way. That's crazy. Uh, anyway. Okay. So Daniel decides he's <laughs> going to go to the beach and hang out with these, these guys. And now we see, you know, this is a California beach and this is a teen movie. Cause there's all these kids, these group of girls that have a bonfire and are sitting at, well, the first they're kind of hanging out at the beach. And then the guys are all playing soccer and kicking a soccer ball around. And we get to this moment where we, this is the meet cute, right? This is where Daniel LaRusso uh, meets um, uh, Andy with an eye, right? Allie, Allie. Allie with an eye. Um, Did you watch this movie? <laughs> and... uh there's this whole, and they don't say anything for like the first their first encounter is nothing but staring at each other from literally like a foot away from each other. It was it was a weird uncomfortable thing. Yeah, there's a few moments in weird? this where I'm like, I guess back then this was normal because right like nowadays this just seems weird. Mm-hmm. So yeah, there's this whole moment of a lot of staring happening. uh Then we get it later in the day where the sun's gone down and they've got bonfires going and it's like the boys have their own bonfire and the girls have their own bonfire two feet apart. <laughs> and uh, the dude that Daniel uh, met at the, ho- at the motel says to him, you know, she's checking you out. I think she likes you. You should go talk to her. He's like, guy. Ah, yeah, I don't think so. And so they throw the ball over there and he's got to go get it. And so they start talking. Right. And they, there's a little, you could tell there's an attraction that they're, they're, they're kind of interested in each other and now enter johnny and the bad boys mm-hmm. well, um, their dirt bikes probably yeah. not street legal if i were to guess the not street legal dirt bikes show up and uh this is where i we i love how like our first introduction to johnny is that he's kind of a bad boy because he, he's the kind you can already tell by the way he's dressed and he's driving a motorcycle like you know dirt bike style bike and uh, and they make mention of it being senior year and he's turning it all around. He's he's going to be doing it this year, which means he's been a bad boy up to now. Right.
1: Yeah. And by the way, you can't turn it around in one year. Well, you need the bad boys. Think cases, they can in the 80s. You, I guess you could.
0: <laughs> yeah, uh, this will be my year. I'm going to turn it around. Um, and he looks down and they notices that his ex-girlfriend Allie is talking to daniel and he's just like what the hell bro and he goes down there and confronts her about it and they get into an argument about whether or not they can talk she keeps turning the music on she's like i don't want to talk he turns it off he's like i want to talk she's like i don't want to talk he's like well i want to um they wrestle around and daniel comes over he's like hey dude like this is california right like chill bro (laughs) yeah he's adopting
1: the surfer the surfer style with his aggressive um, you know, New York, Newark,
0: yeah, New Jersey uh, accent. And uh, he's just like, dude, chill, right? And Johnny's like, oh yeah, you want to chill? And he shoves, you know, the the boombox into Daniel, and he knock, he falls into the dirt. And Daniel's all like, oh hell no! Like when you were a kid, and and it was this was like you're being challenged. They knocked you down. It was like, are you gonna stay down? And then everybody's gonna be like. <laughs> This kid gets picked on easy. He's a wimp, or are you going to jump back up and get into a fight? And Daniel's like, "Well, I'm getting into a fight." He comes from Jersey, right? So in Jersey, somebody's going to challenge you. You're going to throw down. Mm-hmm. Um, except here, he's getting into a fight with somebody who's in, who's a martial artist. This kid knows martial arts, and Johnny quickly uh, shows everyone that he's pretty. He can, you know, he could take out Daniel with a sneeze. Not a problem. Daniel's his prides hurt right Johnny and his friends leave his prides hurt Allie comes over and she's she's trying to Florence Nightingale him and he's just like leave me alone I want to be a loner for a little bit and so she leaves and he's just got to be like all beat up going home
1: and everyone abandons
0: him yeah yeah they think he's a loser that's what one of the kids says to the one dude he's like "Oh, you know how to pick your friends what a loser yeah that's
1: uh, that's very anti-California of him (laughs)
0: Anyway, before all that went down, actually, I forgot to say this, that at their new apartment, not only was there something wrong with the pool and how you know it was messed up, the apartment's not the greatest. They tried to use the faucet and it wasn't working right. And so the mom asked Daniel to go down and, and find the handyman to let him know we need the apartment fixed. And this is the first time he meets Mr. Miyagi. And, you know, he tells him that the, the faucet needs fixing, And Mr. Miyagi's like, you know, I'll do it at some point. So don't worry about it. So that was earlier. Then we got this whole thing at the beach that night. And then we got the next day where now it's a school day and he's getting ready to go to school. And mom's like, uh, you know, good luck in school today. You look so nice with your, your, your nice fresh eighties gear and those aviator glasses. Uh, and Daniel's rushing out. She's like, sit down and have breakfast. He's like, no, I don't have time. And, uh, she's like, well, let me take a look at those baby Brown eyes. And he's like, ma, stop it with that crap. I'm, I'm a big boy now. Stop it. Yeah, <laughs> she goes that's stick.
1: every kid on the first day of school. It's either I want to talk real quick or let me take a picture of you.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Let me see my baby before he goes off mm-hmm. to school. Uh, she pulls off his glasses or makes him take off his glasses. And that's when she, he reveals his black and blue eye from the night before. Mm-hmm. And She freaks out like any mother would. And he's like, I just fell off the my bike. You know, I fell off my bike. I hit the curb. She's like, all right, well, go take care of yourself. Have a good day at school. Uh, he gets to school. And um, I think the first thing we notice is him trying to figure his way out. He's trying to figure out how to get where he needs to go. And then we get to see them in gym class, right? And while he's out there in gym class, we see they're going to be playing some soccer. And Was it gym class or was it tryouts? Oh, tryouts. It is. Yeah, it's tryouts for soccer. And uh, Allie's out there on the little cheerleading squad. And... uh he sees her there, and and I think they talk first, right? They do they mm-hmm. talk there? Yeah, that's where they talk for a little bit. Did the did the fight go down? Did he get kicked off the tryouts here? Is this where yeah. the they, yeah, Bobby, they were running around?
1: Yeah, they're they're he's charging the goal for soccer, the soccer, the sports ball, the sport and, ball, yeah. Uh, and Bobby does a slide tackle, which is I, I, as far as I'm aware legal. It's almost like a drop toe hold. a degree as well but it's illegal you
0: can't you can't trip can't trip people in soccer
1: well no but i mean a slide tackle is a real so the
0: idea is is um kick the ball if some you have to touch the ball first if your foot Mm. touches the ball and then the player trips then you're good you're safe but if you don't touch the ball at all and the player ends up tripping on your feet then that's considered Mm. a foul yeah, make, make, um, you get a car. Yeah, you get a car. So you literally have to, you have to rely on the eyes of a referee who's running with a whole bunch of men running in front of him as well to be like zeroed in, and use the assistance of one of the line judges, whoever's closest to it on the on the one side, to be watching So when that dude's sliding, did his foot touch that ball first before that? All in live action, no replay. And did the
1: ball cause him to trip? Yeah, yeah. exactly. Uh, And then he does his uh, his best Bill Goldberg spear and because they're (laughs) they're always dangerous and uh, you know, they roll around and he does a pretty solid hard right cross. Uh, At least it looks like it probably his best fight sequence and for the whole movie. And then uh, of course it gets broken up and the coach says, get out of here.
0: Yeah. So we see all that happen. He's all upset. He takes off now. He's at home. Right. And he's he's uh, no first. He goes to see his mom at the restaurant, but before he does, he wants to check mm. in at this karate dojo, right? There's a karate dojo across the street. So he's like, let me go in there because I need to get my karate going again. I used to know, I used to did a couple classes in the YMCA. So let me get my, uh, let me get my rhythm back here. He goes there and boom, it's Cobra Kai, right? We've got, what's the sensei's name? I forgot his name.
1: Um, well, it's Martin Cove is the actor. Um, yeah. but I don't, do they, uh, they didn't really give him a name. It's John Cobra Kai Sensei yeah sensei is his name is john crease in the in the the li- character listing
0: oh it must be like in the picture that we saw later in the military gear you must oh, see yeah, his yeah, name yeah. on there or something yeah. anyway so you see so you see you know these kids and you hear this dude like drill sergeant style calling out you know do we get you know how much fear do we give no fear blood. there's just all this stuff do we give in no sensei do we get you know Do we show mercy? No sensei. He's just not like this dude's vicious. He's like, will we eat people's babies? Yes. Sensei. Like it's that intense.
1: Well, and it's, it's the mentality of,
0: as your sensei says you do. Yeah. And his mentality is you strike first, you strike hard and you show no mercy, no mercy. That's his style. And Daniel's listening and he's watching and he's just, and he, you you could tell for him, he's like, this is what I need. This dude is going to help me beat the crap out of that. And then he's like, oh, crap, because everybody bows. And there's Johnny at the head of the class, helping mm-hmm. him run the class. And Johnny sees him and gives him a smirk. And he gets up and walks out. He's like, fuck this. I can't do this.
1: Mm-hmm. So he goes
0: hey, back You're across- walking into
1: the lion's den.
0: Yeah. He goes back across the street to meet with his mom, who, again, I assumed was working. Right. Like she's there working. Uh, but maybe they were just meeting to eat. I don't know her outfit would indicate that she
1: didn't, I mean, I don't know of any, you know, any, uh, food service people that wear whatever the hell she was wearing.
0: That's true. She was wearing more of a business wa- casual. Well, back then it was more business, uh, attire for a woman. So a blouse yeah. and a skirt or something like that,
1: like a full length dress or, yeah. you know, but some of the wardrobe choices
0: for her were. 80s were 1984. So 1984 for a woman her age, who's basically her style was from the seventies, really, you know what I mean? With a little bit of the eighties twist on it. So mm-hmm. they're meeting for lunch and they're talking about his day and how things went. And, um, you know, they're talking about like, she's talking about girls and how things are different here and how much blonde there is. And does he have a girl in his life? And he kind of says he's, he, you know, he likes this girl kind of, and yeah, she's blonde. And while they're talking, we see class let out across the street and Johnny and his goons notice Daniel and his mom and they're kind of pointing and laughing and then they go take it. They take off. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. I couldn't remember this movie because, again, I I mean, I remember a lot of it, but not uh, I was like, do they do something? Do they come back and like egg the mom's car or something? I couldn't remember. But no, they just it was just kind of thing of where you could see that. I loved that shot. It was awesome where you could see them. But you're listening to these two conversation. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm.
1: Yeah, they're in the background, and and the focus was was on everything. It, it was focused yeah. just appropriately, so you could see everything happening.
0: Yeah. So then, um,
1: they push him. They they, they sideswipe him, basically.
0: Yeah. On the yeah. way
1: back to, uh, he's riding his bike home. Oh, just, not
0: yet, not yet. That's not the yet part because he's first. He heads home from there, and he starts. He's doing karate, right? He's trying to do learn karate from this book after he got. Are your, you sure
1: this part happened before that? where he's doing his karate from his, uh, from his book that happened before he went to the dojo.
0: Oh, I thought it was the other way around. I thought it was the dojo first. And that's you know, why that's, he decided
1: to, that's when he met Mr. Miyagi and who came, well, that's when he came to the apartment to. Right. And he said, Oh, what happened to your eyes? Like, Oh, I fell. You're right uh, off my bike. And, and then uh, he was being detective Miyagi. Uh, he says, Oh, interesting how your hands are yeah. shiny and clean yeah and yeah, your, yeah and your wrists and then he has dinner with his mom where his That's black right. eye was gone at that point yeah and then then they he's driving he's driving his bike riding his bike home and like on the shoulder of a very steep grass embankment and they're just like get out of here
0: yeah they show up on their bike i love that scene too because you see him on on dirt the, on bikes the-
1: by the way not not regular <laughs> bicycles
0: you see him on his bicycle and then in the background you see the shadows first Mm. of of the of each of the bikers and there's no motor you don't hear any rumble at all until we get until we get a close-up of them and then it's like when they come over the hill it's like Mm -hmm. But by the way we got on motorbikes um yeah you're right so they knock him down this 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 embankment and uh he's pissed off he just can't take it anymore he he takes the bike and he trashes it and throws it in the in the trash and And uh, his mom's like, what the hell's the matter with you? What's the matter with you? He's like, I hate my bike. I hate my life. I just want to go home. And uh, she's like, oh, don't be this way. He's like, you didn't even ask me. And she just instead of being like, I don't have to shut the hell up and get in your room. She's just like, you're right. I should ask you if it was okay for me to move and better my career so that I could take care of you better. Well, and here's what's happening. Uh, She's woke in 1984.
1: <laughs> um but no she's she's taking the uh from what i gather the single the single parent approach of i have to curry favor and be both parents yeah and not that i have experience with this cuz i don't but from you know from watching this and and asking questions it's yes it's very much she's trying to play both parts here and be like i'm the only parent this kid has and mm-hmm not only do they have to stay on my, I I need them on my side because otherwise it's going to be exhausting. But at the same time, I
0: need to let them know that
1: I'm on their side.
0: True. True. Uh, So that goes down. They head to their apartment and Mr. Miyagi sticks his head out of his place. He heard the whole thing go down the next morning. uh, We find out that the bike is fixed. Right. Uh, Mm -hmm. And Daniel realizes it was Mr. Miyagi and he goes to say thank you. And this is where they kind of start to develop a friendship. He sees him cutting bonsai tree and he comes in and he sits down and he helps him do it there's this mystical moment where miyagi's just like you know close your eyes and 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 picture this tree wipe your mind away and then he's like now cut to look like that you know what i mean and it's i'm thinking to myself this is why like as a kid, so much of this is so magical, right? Like mm-hmm. that, like this is like, Oh my God, there's so, all this wisdom to this. Like just, you know, let your mind go free and whatever you see, then it comes from you. It can't be wrong. You know, he makes mm-hmm. this comment. He goes, what if I make a mistake? He goes, well, it comes from you. It's not going to be a mistake. It's what you, you know, it's from your inside you. Um, The mom's like, you know, thanks so much for the, she comes down later and, and, and sees that this, there's a friendship developing here, which is nice and says, you know, I'll fix the bike for you. He says, no, you don't have to do that. Um, And that's what we see. So basically there's a little bit of a friendship happening between these guys. Um, And we fast forward through time a little bit. This isn't like the next day, there's this, the next time there's this, you know, a few months goes by and now we're in like uh, October, it's Halloween. Mr. Miyagi's carving some pumpkins and um, there's going to be this, this Halloween school dance. And so Daniel LaRusso decides to show up as a uh, um, a shower. (laughs) He he didn't want to go. Yeah. And Mr. I
1: convinced him to go.
0: Yeah. He didn't want to deal with the bullies. He didn't want to deal with those kids. Um, And yeah, he was convinced to go. So he goes wearing this this rig that makes him like he's inside of a shower. Mm -hmm. And um, Allie knew immediately it was him. Her friends are like, how did you know it's him? She's just like, trust me. I know he doesn't want to be here. He doesn't want to be seen. So that's him. Um, she talks to him for a little bit we also see johnny and his friends are there they're wearing these skeleton spandex outfits these leotards their face painted all like skulls which Mm -hmm. i mean for me those are the some of the iconic things that come out of this movie is that you know that's one of those things
1: Mm -hmm. well and and they almost look like um like if the walk um, if um night of the living dead had an even smaller budget (laughs) Like that's what they would have used for. Yeah. Right. You know, just for if skeletons were reanimated.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Johnny's like, listen, I'm going to go into the stall and I need to roll myself a joint so I can chill out for the night and enjoy this. So while he's in the stall, uh, Daniel LaRusso hears that he's there. One of his friends comes in and, and is talking to him and Daniel hears him. So before he leaves, he decides um, I'm going to, I'm going to fuck with him. I'm going to do this. You know, I'm going to get him because he's always bullying me. So, there's a hose already kind of attached to one of these, the, the faucets there. And I'm assuming it was from the, the, the maintenance guy who forgot to undo it when he was filling up the bucket to mop, you know?
1: Yeah. What a lazy
0: son of a bitch. Look what he did. Look what he did. But you know what? It left it there. It was there for Daniel. So it it Mm. helped him out. So he ends up, uh, you know, getting water sprayed all over Johnny while he's in the stall, Johnny chases him out. They know it's, it's Daniel, And he just takes off. He takes off, tears out of the gymnasium, outside into the streets. Johnny and the goons are after him. Um, Daniel runs into the streets, literally causes a car accident. A literal car accident happens because he runs into the street. These other kids chase him down. I mean, he's running for his life, dude. He's running for the, you know, where he lives. It's only a few, it's not that far. So he's going for it, comes up to the, the fence that kind of is behind the place. And as he's trying to climb it, the kids, the goons catch up and they pull him down. And this is the beatdown scene. This is where Daniel LaRusso is going to get a beatdown for messing with Johnny. And Johnny does kind of have a point here, dude, because they didn't. I mean, they did mess with them and they did, did fuck with them and stuff. But then at some point it was like they didn't. They stopped messing with him for a while. They didn't keep chasing him down. They didn't keep doing all this stuff. Daniel didn't have to do that. He could have just gone back out and enjoyed the rest of the night, gone home and going on to the next day. But instead he was like, you know what? I'm going to fuck with this kid. And when Johnny's beat, he starts to beat him up. He says, he says you couldn't leave well enough alone, right? Like you couldn't just leave it alone, but why did you have to keep going? And so Daniel gets a beat down. They start beating the crap out of him to the point where the other kids are starting to get worried. They're like, Johnny, dude, like he's like, he can't even stand right now this this might you I, you can't kill him
1: that's enough johnny or uh, what, what did he say what did bobby say he's like all right johnny that's enough he's ha- he's had enough leave him alone
0: yeah and, and then he goes no
1: mercy right because that's what he's taught yeah. no mercy that's what they're all taught bobby's having a you know even though bobby got jaw jacked <laughs> you know he's yeah. like all right i think we've proven our point here perhaps all five of us on yeah. this one little string bean
0: yeah uh but then we see the looming shadow jump off of the fence, and is says, it Daredevil? No. Is it Batman? No. Is Mr. it a motor? Miyagi. Is it? A,
1: is it? I think it's an electric uh, dirt bike, isn't it? Because <laughs> there was no chain-link fence rattling, no noise at
0: all. It was, it was Mister Miyagi with his ninja skill. His ninja skill makes it so that he walks light as a feather, dude. Yeah, Mister Miyagi with his uh, Canadian tuxedo and he jumps down his tuxedo yeah his, jumps his, his janitor outfit and these kids are just like are you serious this old dude is really trying to confront us and uh they learn real quick he ain't playing games he takes them yeah. out like he's jet lee this mm-hmm. is this well, is bruce lee jet lee and and uh what's his name from rumble in the bronx all wrapped into one jackie chan jackie chan all wrapped into one but yeah, Mr. Miyagi, dude, dispatches these kids. So this is the thing I wanted to say to you. And I watched this video right before this, which is a funny video that casts Daniel LaRusso as the villain here. But the guy makes a point, which I was thinking as I was watching this. We're watching a grown man literally beat down children. Mm-hmm. Yes, they're older. Yes, they're, you know, 17. You know what I mean? 18. He didn't say he's eighteen. He's seventeen, right? I mean, I mean, well, let's he's seventeen. They have to be because
1: they have to be because it's they attend. They it's all enter
0: the under eighteen karate tournament. Oh, there you go. He's beating down seventeen-year-old boys, just beating the crap out of these children. Is it
1: that, or is he coming to the aid of a child who is being
0: bullied? Yes. However, he could have just took the kid maybe a smack or two to show that he couldn't like he wasn't nothing to mess with but he literally beats them down to where they're literally knocked out writhing on the ground while he carries Daniel LaRusso to his little workshop he incapacitated them
1: because yeah. they did the same to Daniel yeah wouldn't you say Turnabout is fair play
0: <laughs> uh what's the what's the what's the parable thing or what's the thing to, uh turn the cheek thing what's that thing oh yeah Get slapped in one it's and someone other cheek, slaps one side
1: give your face you one. turn your cheek to to show the
0: other <laughs> anyway um you know he starts kind of helping the kid mendies. he's putting you know these these herbs and these 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 like you know watered down uh headbands and stuff on his head just kind of mopping his head while he's laying down and he's the kid wakes up and he's like, "Hey, you know what happened? What happened to Spider-Man? You know who? Wh- what happened to the dude that saved me?" And Mister Miyagi's like, gives him this look, and Daniel's like, "Wait, you kidding? It was you?" Mister Miyagi's like, "Yeah." He's like, "You know karate?" He's like, "Yeah, of course I know karate." And he's like, uh, "Why can't you? You want to teach me?" He's like, "No, I'm not going to teach you." Mm-hmm. He's like, "Why not?" <laughs> but he's basically telling him, he's like, "Look, it's your intent, dude. Like, if you wanted to learn karate for the right reasons, sure, but like." You just want revenge, you want to be able to use it to go out and look for problems, and that's not the reason to do it. Um, but he's like, "You know what? I just gonna I'll just go and do learn it and do it the wrong way then And Mr. Miyagi's like, "All right fine, I'll teach you how to do this., yeah, I guess I'll piss you with him yeah then he then he's like, "Oh, thank God, you're the best all time, man. I'm so glad to do this." So now he's gonna learn from uh from Mr. Miyagi, but before they do, they have to go and, and set some parameters. They have to set some parameters in that they don't want this guy bothered. They want to go talk to the, the guy that runs Cobra Kai and say, listen, tell your kids to stop bothering this kid. OK, this is not OK. So they try. They go there. You know, Cobra Kai is doing their thing. And as they're watching, uh, Johnny brings to the attention uh, to the uh, brings the attention of the teacher that, hey, that old dude over there is who beat us up. And that kid is the one that uh, has been harassing me at school. Mm-hmm. So, so He goes over there and he's like, hey, listen, we're going to have a problem here, old man, because I hear that your kid's harassing mine. And he's like, yeah, you got the wrong facts here, buddy. (laughs) Mr. Miyagi straight up tells him, yeah, facts are wrong, pal. Mm -hmm. Someone's Uh, telling you what you want to hear. Yeah, he's like, yeah, well, uh, you know, maybe this kid needs to learn how to just stick up for himself. He's like, one on one's fair. Uh, Mr. Miyagi's like, but five on one's not cool. So uh, I think you need to let him go. And he's like, sure, let's let him fight. Let's do it right here. One on one. You ready to go, Johnny? Johnny's like, let's do this, kid. Like, you could already tell him he's ready to start pulling the shit off. He wants to just fight this kid. Mm-hmm. And Mr. Miyagi's like, no, 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 not here. That's not okay. It's not fair. This is your house. Plus, you guys got training. This kid needs training. He goes, so give us some time to train. And he's like, okay, so when do you, how, how, how much longer do you need, right? Like, what do you want, a week or two? And Mr. Miyagi points to a poster on the wall. It says there's this tournament coming up in a couple months. And he says, there, we'll do it there. And uh, the guy's like, all right, we'll have the fight there. So you got two months to train the kid. And before they leave, Mr. Miyagi says, one more thing. You guys aren't allowed to mess with him while he's training. And he's like, all right, fine. Kids, you can't mess with this, 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 this little prima donna Primadonna, while they're training. Yeah. Uh, and so now we get this next portion of the film, right? The next act in which we get to see the training of Daniel LaRusso by the great Mr. Miyagi. We get to see
1: a training sequence montage interspersed with the subtlety of the art the ancient art of karate um, um, but yeah so w- we see a whole montage and you know we see Daniel starting to get more and more defeated of all right wax this on wax is,
0: off this is where i told you like i thought i could learn karate using mm-hmm. these methods i'd be like yo if i lo- learn these methods i could fight anybody and be able to do what what basically we see Daniel come to the realization of what he learned. Right. But the, the understanding between Mr. Miyagi and Daniel was that Mr. Miyagi's like, listen, I'll teach you karate and you will know it. You will know karate. You'll be good at it. However, you can't question me. Mm-hmm. You have to do everything I say and you cannot question me. And Daniel's like, yeah, let's do this. Right. So what are we going to do first? Punch and kick in like, and he's like, uh, first, what you're going to do is you're going to wash my cars. I want you to wash them. And he has all these classic cars, like five or six classic cars parked there uh, from the 50s and 40s and 50s. And he says, you're going to wash them. And then when you're done, you're going to wax them. But when you wax them, you got to wax them a certain way. You got to wax mm-hmm. on, wax off, right? The, the Those motions. So Daniel does it by the time he's done. Mr. Miyagi's like, good. Okay. It's the end of the night. Go home, get some rest. And Daniel's like, all right, cool. I guess we'll start with karate tomorrow, right? Mm-hmm. The next day he comes back and Mr. Miyagi is now sanding the floors right and he's like mm-hmm. uh come over here i'll show you how to sand these are japanese sandal sanding things and he's got these beautiful little deck in his backyard this nice little japanese garden going on mm-hmm. so he's doing it and he's like showing him how to do the, the sanding and he's like okay you got to do it this way and it's the only way you can do it and daniel's like uh, all right fine you know and then we'll do the training after he's like yeah yeah, yeah do this do this do this so but again you got to do all of it so when he looks around he's like okay i'm here all day again so he's out there all day again working. End of the night, you know, he's like, "Come on, well, we, you know, go ahead, go home. I'll see you the next day." The next day comes, like Daniel's ready, excited again. Except this time, Mister Miyagi's out there, you know, with his fence and stuff. He's like, "Here, I need you to do me a favor: paint the fence." <laughs> and he shows him how to do it with, you know, the strokes, his hands, how to do up and down and all this stuff. Another day's worth of work, and and Daniel's starting to get a little aggravated. The next time well, he comes out, <laughs> and and part of this too
1: is, you know, he says, "Paint the fence." So he does like one one yeah. side yeah and then he says yeah all the fence so yeah. or one one section and then he's like all the fence he's like yeah. oh that's a big ass fence <laughs> it's and a then, long yard yeah and then he says uh i did the fence he's like oh looks good how about both sides he's like now the other side Ooh, <laughs> and in part of this he's teaching him be observant
0: yeah yeah focus yeah. on what you're doing also listen be everything mm-hmm. take everything in immediately mm-hmm. um Finally, you know, it's the fourth night he comes out and he's about to he wants to learn some stuff. He's like, listen, you're going to paint. No, he gets there. And Mr. Miyagi's got a letter. Yeah. And he basically says, you're going to paint the house. This is how I want you to do it. Instead of up and down, you go side to side. Yep. So he's annoyed. He grabs it. He's really pissed right now, but he made a deal. He's not going to question. He's going to do it. So he paints
1: the house, which, by the way, remember, not questioning is also how the Cobra Kai fellas. We're taught as well. No mercy, this, that.
0: Yeah. So Mr. Miyagi uh, ends up showing up. He had gone fishing and Daniel's Daniel's like, what the hell, bro? I would have loved to have gone fishing. Like what's going on here. I I told you I was going to, you were going to learn. You told me you'd learn karate. You know, all you got me doing is all your chores so you can go hang out. This is not cool. And Mr. Miyagi's like, ah, chill out, kid. You're fine. You're learning karate. He's like, no, I'm not. I'm not learning karate. He's like, hey, come over here. Right. And he starts telling him, show me how to do this. How, Show me your wax on, your wax off and all this stuff. And he's showing him the hand motions. But then Mr. Miyagi starts correcting him. He's like more force, more snap. Do this, do that. And then he starts like throwing punches at him. And all of a sudden, Daniel's blocking him. And you're just like, holy crap. He learned karate. Yeah. This as, is as everybody does, I'm telling you, that's all you got to do is learn these motions and, you know, karate. It's exactly how it works, especially yeah. at the black lo- uh, black belt level, mm-hmm. uh, in case you're wondering. So Daniel's now is just like, you know what? You're a wise old man, bro. I'm never going to question you again. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so from there, we get some more teaching now that he knows he's actually learning. Right. And he's going to take this kind of training and not actually in a dojo doing moves. So, the next thing he's got to learn is balance. He talks about balance in his life. He takes him out to the ocean and he's now he takes him take like, fishing. Yeah. Oh, yeah. the takes, Hudson. Yeah. One of the two. Yeah. He takes him first, it's the ocean and he's got to balance kicking the ocean as the waves come in. Um,
1: um, is that what he was doing or was he just doing like awkward kid? What, look at me. I'm, yeah. I just don't want to fall <laughs> over things. I
0: think it was where he, he had to kick and then be able to still be standing up with the kick. Okay. Um,
1: I- That makes sense because I just saw him hopping on his one leg.
0: Yeah. And then he looks over, he sees Mr. Miyagi doing this super fluid crane thing. Like, so we all know the crane kick now. Right. Mm -hmm. And I remember like trying to do the crane kick as a kid. I knew a lot of friends that would do the crane kick and it never looked
1: like as well as, as well as me.
0: Well, it, it, the, so it, I came to the realization that everybody, it seems, does the crane kick that Daniel does at the end of the film, which is a hobbled version of the very beautiful, graceful kick that we see Mr. Miyagi doing on, on the pillar. Let's just say an unpracticed version. <laughs> yeah. Uh, poorly practiced. But that's what everybody seems to emulate, because when you watch Mr. Miyagi do it, it is graceful. It's a beautiful motion, dude. And and then even the way he ends it and the way he stands, there's such this this kind of graceful, like poetic it's feel to it.
1: It's fluid. It's theatrical. It honestly, the way he does it reminds me a lot of like yoga breathing exercises. Yes, minus some the kicking. Of,
0: some sort of yoga graceful movement or tai chi or something. You know what I mean? Tai Bo. Tai Bo as well. <laughs> Billy <laughs> Blake's coming out there punching yeah. him off the thing
1: some flirty fit
0: <laughs> <laughs> um but yeah so then he again he takes him out fishing and he's like when are you going to show me how to punch and he's like you know you got to learn balance he's like come on i want to learn how to punch he's like well try to balance and he's got him you know standing on the edge of the fishing boat while he's fishing uh they have a conversation they kind of get to know each other through through all these things that they're doing while he's teaching them they're learning a little bit more about each other he's learning more about mr miyagi and there's a scene where he rocks them off the boat and he falls off and during all this as well, we're also seeing his, his relationship develop with Ali. Like, there's a moment where they all go out on a date. His mom's driving them. And this is the first time we see this kind of divide in class when it comes to the West Coast. Because he's from part of the Valley, uh, Reseda, and she's uh, wherever she is now. I don't remember where she's from, but it's like the hills, more, yeah, as you know, them,
1: the, the MTV vehicle, what the hills.
0: Yeah. Uh, Fresh Prince lives next door. Oh, is, um, it, is it
1: the same Hills like Beverly Hills? I believe so. Yeah. The I really Hills. So, yeah. I mean, I guess that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know the, I don't know the layout of California. But... I
0: see. I see a new sub series coming. We're going to be watching the Hills next. Um... Mm, you're on your own with that. I hope you, <laughs> I hope you and some other poor sucker enjoy that show. <laughs> um, anyway. Uh, so during all this time, while he's going through his training, he's also developing the relationship with Ali. Like I said, we see the date go down. We see that kind of class uh, difference. Um, we also see where there's a moment when they go they go to this golfing place. They have a good time playing miniature golf. But when they leave, a lot of the kids from high school show up. A lot of these guys show up in these really nice cars. And then here comes Daniel's mom and her you know beat down uh, station wagon, which oh, you amazing. have to like you have to like push to a certain like you have to pop it <laughs> yeah you have to and pop
1: the clutch ha- having to do that in front of Allie's parents like yeah the day you meet them yeah and you know with her shit ship bomb shit mobile yep uh whatever whatever it was with
0: your new girlfriend in the car too that has yeah, to help by the, way, the
1: process by the way sit in the back seat
0: yeah i said the same thing i'm like really What's the, the, what's seats, the instinct to jump in that front seat when you're a boyfriend girlfriend on a date? That the mom should be sitting up front, you both in the back. You don't want to be near your parents nah, if you can't typically.
1: drive. Yeah, much less right next
0: to them. So that's happening. We also see uh, Daniel kind of flaunting the fact that the Johnny and the guys can't hurt him. They mm-hmm. they they come and you know he runs into him in the hall at schools while he's with Allie, and he's like, she's like, let's just go. He's like, nah, check this out. It's like, Hey guys. And he's like kind of taunting them, but like mm-hmm. you can tell they're annoyed, but they can't do anything. There's an agreement. Um, there's also a moment where Daniel comes, uh, comes back to, to meet with Mr. Miyagi about something. And, uh, he's drunk. He comes home to he, Mr. Miyagi being drunk and he's singing and he's basically, it, it's the anniversary of his wife, his and wife, his and his wife's anniversary Daniel's mm-hmm. like, the, you know, he's telling Daniel about her, how she was, and Daniel's like she was beautiful, and Mr. Miyagi's super drunk. Yeah, he's and, creeping on her. But then all of a sudden, you know, as he's getting ready to go to bed, Mr. Miyagi's kind of just, like, just kind of spouting off these moments in his life, one of them where mm-hmm. he's going to war, he's going to fight the Germans, and he talks about it, he's wearing his military uniform, so he says something about, you know, I'm ready to go kill Germans, something like that. Uh, Then he also spouts off this other moment where he's talking to a doctor and that it was, you know, unfortunate that this was a complication that had happened. And then he just passes out on the bed. And then so Daniel, you know, tucks him away and finds some stuff. And we find out through some of the things he reads that, you know, Mr. Miyagi's wife died in uh, with complications of uh, while she was having a baby. Um, so anyway, so that's what we see go down. And, you know, Daniel ends up learning about that through what he was reading. So now we know there's a little bit more there's more emotional layers to uh, Mr. Miyagi, aside from the friendship that they've built now. Right.
1: Daniel has a birthday. Ah, the And birthday. I think this really solidifies their relationship where he brings him a cake yep. and gives him a, a karate gi yep. that his wife had made. Uh, the patch you know, on the, the back, yeah, the embroidery. Through the newspapers uh that Daniel had uh you know had been nosy and, and busybody and looked at, uh, he um he uh he sees that they had died in 1944. Mm-hmm. And this movie does take place in present day. It says so in the beginning title card, 1984. So 40 years ago his wife had died, and 40 years plus mm-hmm. for that, his wife had made the ghee and the embroidery work and, and such so it's something that he has had for a long time in his possession a mm-hmm. uh, very you know a, a very um what's the word i'm looking for uh, a sacred possession yeah uh, yeah uh of his late from his late wife and he gave it to daniel which really you know hardens their relationship yeah and because it's his birthday he's got to go of car too, game a yeah, car he's got to go but he's like here have a car pick one yeah
0: yeah so oh, he was able shame. to He's able to take Ali out on a date with it. Like, Mm -hmm. that was nice. And they they had that whole thing, too. Uh, Mm -hmm. But now it's tournament day. It's time to sign Daniel up for the tournament. And Mm -hmm. uh, the dude's like, well, what's his belt color? And he's like, why does that matter? (laughs) He's like, well, we got to know what class to put him in. So that's Mm -hmm. when he's like black belt. All right. Once again he had no problem beating up children, but he also has no problem putting a child in <laughs> danger. You have Stunning never the been, wolves. you've never been trained for black belt competition. We're going to get you in black belt competition. As far as he, we
1: know, he's only ever done one spar one round of sparring with him. And then he's had him punch him in the chest a whole bunch of times. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in, in full 1950s, a league <laughs> of their own style. Catchers, catcher's gear. <laughs>
0: yeah. Like, um, I wear that
1: face mask, by the way.
0: Just in case he slipped, you know, it better. It's better that instead so of you hurt his your hand, chin, you break his hand. Exactly. Yeah.
1: <laughs> and then he can't compete in the all Valley under 18
0: karate tournament. And that's the end of the, that's the alternate ending of the, uh, the movie before they said, now we need a happier ending. That's uh, the Lawrence uh, <laughs> verse. The, the happier ending shows Daniel entering this competition who I want to point this out. Uh, we have a good friend who currently helps run the network. Matt Johnson he has the two-point conversation. He's oh, also a right. retro pop. His uncle, Pat Johnson, is the stunt coordinator and the uh, choreographer for the martial arts, but he also plays the referee, the main referee with the the, the amazing 80s stash uh, in this tournament.
1: Looks a little bit like Freddie Mercury
0: from a distance at a glance. With Bulked up Freddie Mercury, for sure. Uh, he's a pretty big dude, man. I wouldn't um, mess with him. So anyway, you uh, would
1: because you didn't say you wouldn't.
0: So anyway, yeah, uh, Matt Johnson's uh, uncle is in the movie and also did a lot of the stunt choreography. And also, side note, does the same for the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. Uh, one. Anyway, um, so the this is our. One, right? Yes. No, <laughs> we have this competition go down. We watch Daniel use everything he learned from all the chores he did for Mr. Miyagi to best other black belts. I mean, he's besting them and members of Cobra Kai in specific competition. This is a bracket competition.
1: But I mean, there were 16 entrants, I think. And I think which means that Daniel should have four fights. Mm -hmm. I swear he had like
0: 12. Look, I'm going to tell you there was something. I think the people running this tournament were drunk. It might have double elimination rules. The people were drunk. I'm going to tell you that right now. And we'll get to, Matt we Johnson's get to it when we get uncle. I'm talking about the whoever ran the actual tournament because we'll get to that piece. We watch him best a bunch of people. We see Cobra Kai are having some success as well um, until they go up against Daniel. And then he just dispatches all these guys like they're not a problem ever by
1: running away. And like he's got like um, like knee jerk reaction
0: physics going yeah, on. It's interesting. It's very interesting. Uh, we get it's down. It's believable. To, we get down to the point where now it's uh, it's Daniel Larusso against one of the Cobra Kai members to make it into the final, and Tommy, then there's a an, there's another fight Bobby, where Bobby. Johnny's going to be fighting somebody to get into the final, right? So um, the, the
1: his name his full name is Bobby Brown.
0: <laughs> so Daniel's going to fight Bobby Brown with with his feathered hair from now, 19, Bobby, yeah from the eighties. Bobby Brown's the guy that tripped him when they were playing soccer that Mm -hmm. they got into the scuffle also the same one that said he's Johnny. He's had enough. Yes. Bobby also in his mind wants to prove that he is the best at Cobra Kai and he knows he has to take out Johnny. So he knows that if he beats Daniel, he's going to have a chance at beating Johnny in the finals. Mm -hmm. This is this kids in his own mind. This is his glory road, right? Like in his movie, in his movie mind, like this is, this is all about me. I'm down to do this. I can beat Daniel LaRusso. And his sensei says, "Uh-uh. I want Ooh. you to beat him. I want you to literally snap him in half, break his legs, do something, basically take him out. And uh, Bobby Brown says, you know, coach, I want to win this. I want to win this he's on my own merit. He's questioning his sensei. He's like, that'll knock me out of the tournament. Well, I can't do that. He's like, no, you're going to do what I told you to do.
1: Mm-hmm. I want you him know, out of no commission. Mercy. Take him out. Mm hmm. Cause then Johnny wins automatically. Yeah.
0: So immediately the, the, the fight starts and the first thing he does is literally leap at the kid with a flying kick and takes out Daniel's knee, blows his knee out, just mm-hmm. just takes him out. Daniel crumbles to the ground, screams Mr. Miyagi and, uh, and his girlfriend Allie and some of the trainers grab him and bring him back to the train, to the locker rooms. Bobby Brown is disqualified So now we know Daniel's death. He's done. They told him, you know, the the doctor looked him over. He's like, no, he's done. You had a great run, kid. You know, we're going to keep going. They're like, hang on a second. Uh, I was like,
1: I'll let him know that everybody leaves. And then you see Biff Tannen with his 1974 haircut. Dude (laughs) dude is using that trophy as a laser pointer, by the way. Yes,
0: dude. It's amazing. He needs to
1: he needs to bring his Michael Buffer impression way, way (laughs) down.
0: Um. Johnny has to do his fight, in which we know he's just going to e- easily destroy the kiddies fighting and and go straight to the finals and just take the competition, right? He he went first. Oh, he did because, go first because that's how. Oh, he, that's right. He knew
1: to, that's how sense that Martin told. That's
0: right. That's Cove right. Said, take him out. Yeah, that's right. So Mister Miyagi, uh, Daniel's like, I can't. This can't be the end. Mister Miyagi's like, look, you win some, you lose some, right? He's like, no, 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 no. no. You don't get this, like. Uh, they're never going to respect me. They're going to keep picking on me. My girlfriend's not going to respect me. I can't respect me. He's like, my mom won't respect me. You won't respect me. The grocer's not going to respect me. Mailman's not going to respect me. He's like, listen, all the people off that weren't going to respect him anymore.
1: The guy who delivers my cat food 30 years from now won't respect me. Right. You know.
0: And Mr. Miyagi says, all right, fine. Y- you begged enough. I'm going to pull out my magic. I used earlier in the film when your shoulder was hurting. Cue the slow clap. And the, ma- the magic is basically all you got to do is rub your hands together and it'll heal. And it's basically Wolverine healing. He just um, makes his
1: hands warm and puts it on. It's like a hot compress.
0: It yeah. heals it healed them, dude, because it they're about to it, announce Johnny the winner. It gave him the perception
1: that he was healing, I think, is really all he needed.
0: Just give him some water. Be like, this is magic water yeah you know what i mean so uh they're about to announce johnny as the winner and here comes ali running up to, int- to interrupt it and say no, no 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 daniel can fight he's back and he's like she should have done the
1: hulk hogan <laughs> you know finger wave uh
0: a dude and this would have been one of those moments right where all of a sudden you hear the music kick on of whatever like whoever you thought was out of it and they're back in and they come running up and here they are and well, there's no well, running happening this here. is
1: limping <laughs> He should have done some cartwheels or something.
0: So here's Daniel, right? So Daniel's going to face off against Johnny. The first round, boom, goes to Daniel, gets a point in. You know, I can't remember if he kicks or punches him. However he makes the point, he gets his point. I think he um, sidesteps
1: with, you know, the move he did the whole round or the beautiful. whole tournament.
0: The next one, boom, he gets him again. Got him. That's two points. Next, Johnny gets him, right? Uh, well, after a few a few back and yeah, forth, Johnny gets him.
1: I mean, it was more competitive than you saw the entire yeah you know, tournament montage so thus far yeah and, and carry on
0: so now we're two to one right johnny ends up hurting his leg and and take well sweeping his leg which you're allowed to do and mm-hmm. and then hits him again and now it's two to two no it's not it's no yes, it's he does
1: that two. because then he, the next one he he does the elbow to the outside of the knee yes yes and, and he does
0: that boom now it's three to two ironically that is
1: not Ill- that's illegal so well what i find interesting about the the with the movie and the um the rules of the fight in the movie maybe we get pat johnson on to talk about it uh is mm-hmm. bobby drop kicks him right into the knee basically jump mm-hmm. kicks him mm-hmm. and that's an illegal move and he's disqualified it's a kick i think or it's an uncontrolled landing yeah maybe, yeah, maybe. wrestling like is uh, amateur wrestling is the same way but you know johnny just do just like elbow drop like Yeah, I mean, he just takes a macho man Randy Savage elbow drop right to his the outside of his knee. Yeah. And that's like, please don't do that again or else you're going to be asked not to come back tomorrow.
0: Yeah. So now it's three to two. Two two to two because three points wins. And then we get it. We get the final shot, the setup, the crane kick. He's getting ready to do the crane kick. It's an iconic scene, Mm -hmm. iconic imagery immediately. You can see it. Right. And then Johnny goes rushing in as as any trained black belt martial artist would with With his chin straight out just who shows no no mercy completely running in with his chin out like this is what somebody that would be trained with his kind of training would do uh just to get the crane kick to the chin knock him down daniel gets the point he wins the place erupts they reach they grab daniel up they're hoisting him up into the air and johnny in that moment says this kid's all right he grabs that trophy. He's crying. He runs over to him and he's just like, Daniel LaRusso, you're all right, dude. You're an all right kid. So, he earned his respect. So Daniel was right. He had to beat his ass to earn his respect.
1: So when, so, and this is where the the face turn of Daniel LaRu- or of uh, Johnny, Johnny Lawrence takes begins, place. Yeah. Um. You know, because, so remember when he, he got a bloody nose uh, pointed or, you know, before the sweep the leg moment. Mm-hmm. Uh, before his first point uh, and he went over and sensei told him sweep the leg and you know and then he was like what
0: huh yeah I like he had his first that.
1: moment of conscience
0: anyway uh so that's that's our movie uh daniel's champion we are pr- pretty much our lesson learned is that if you suck you can beat everybody yes you, you can as long as you believe in yourself and you fight and also you'll get the girl if you keep persisting no matter how many times she says no you can Mm -hmm. keep chasing her down and insisting she give you the time of day and at some point she will be your girlfriend so that's a good message that is given in this movie as well overall that's our plot (laughs) yeah true let's get into the cast the actors and the acting dude right away ralph Macchio gets this role based on his performance in the movie, the outsiders, which if you've ever seen that movie, he puts on a great performance as, as Johnny, you know what I mean? But yeah, dude. So, so he plays, he plays this kid from Jersey. That's, you know, fish out of water, doesn't want to move across the country, uh, gets picked on, can't control his anger when he's trying to fight him back, you know? And then through the movie, we watch this kind of, this growth in his character there is more self-control there's balance he's learning how to balance right mm-hmm. pretty good performance for his age dude mm-hmm. yep. yeah he did karate kid karate kid two uh and three um uh, mm-hmm. but then after that his next big one was my cousin Vinny. it was, oh, it was a few right. years after 80, that was that 87 uh two. Ninety
1: two. 92,
0: 92. Oh, geez. yeah i'm way off on that yeah but other than that he did he did things that are smaller films the films that you probably wouldn't remember or think of um but yeah, dude, Ralph Macchio plays this kid perfect. And like I said, he was that when I was young and around that age, I identified with him. I felt like that's me. That's 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 who I am. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm.
1: Absolutely. Pat Morita. Um,
0: uh, so he, he was didn't Arnold get, on Happy Days. Yeah, he didn't get the role initially. He He auditioned. They said no, because he was Arnold. First of all, he had no accent um also he was a comedian he was way too like people would always think look at him and think immediate comedy it would be like booking Andy Kaufman as Mr. Miyagi you know what I mean what you know? I saw what I saw about this was Pat Morita decided to uh grow facial hair and then uh-huh. adopt the accent of his uncle who was you know a first Jap a first generation it was from Jap- Japan um and went back and auditioned again and nailed it they were just like of course, of course, we'll use you. This is the perfect character. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But Pavarita yeah, does it great, too, because I remember being a kid and Mr. Miyagi was Mr. Miyagi to me. So with the very first time I saw um, an old episode where he's on it, he talking no about accent. Happy days he's, or the mash? accent is barely there. Yeah, he's done
1: a ton of other stuff, you know, mash. Yeah, happy the, days. He was the original somebody in mash. Was it the movie or was it the TV show?
0: Mm, don't know. I've never seen that show before. I know of it, have seen maybe a clip or two here and there, have never watched the show. I hear it's got the best ending of any TV show. Yeah, that's what they said. It was one of the greatest endings of all time. And most people, Mm -hmm. I think it was like, for the longest time, it held a record for the most people to watch a finale for a TV show.
1: Well, you had, what, 15 channels. You didn't have, you know.
0: Yeah, but think about how many TVs were out there now compared to now anyway, or there, then but compared to now. So there's still a lot of things that play into that. How many more would have seen it if they had TVs, right? It was
1: the late 80s, but
0: yeah. Pamarita does, though, uh, p- portray this character. I thought he did it very well. There is that sort of kind of Eastern wisdom that came along with the way he played it. But then it also made it very believable that, yeah, he could hold his own against these kids. He could he could, he could knock them down and not and it wouldn't bother him. He has kind of a, well, a, not stocky, but he was, he's kind of short, but not like scrawny and tiny either. He was built.
1: Yeah. I think in uh, 1984, he would have shopped for clothes in the Husky section, <laughs> which is uh, very true in 1994 as well for a young Sean Fritz. I <laughs> was oh, a mountain of God. a child at the time. <laughs> but That's amazing. I mean, he, he also uh, like the, 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 the Mr. Miyagi character, like the lore that you just that you know he just kind of talks about things and you know very i mean he, he's speaking for the the traditional type cat the the traditionally written
0: mm-hmm.
1: immigrant yeah, yeah. Uh, at the time and and you know it's broken english and it's but it, it he conveys the point clearly with sentence fragments and also like you said the the eastern wisdom that his father taught him that, you know, this and that. And it's like, oh, okay. So this is passed down from generation, you know, generationally. Mm-hmm. So everybody knows, you know, yeah. or that, that he learned it from his father and his father before him. And, you know, that whole phraseology and, yeah, you know, does a, a good job of, of conveying that very clearly.
0: Uh, William Zapka as Johnny Lawrence plays this kid. Perfect. Perfect. What's, performance. What's with the hair, the bangs. <laughs> That was that was the look, dude. That was that look back in the day. And it's you know just, what I mean, it just makes him look was, like an asshole. It, and exactly. And he was supposed to look like your typical California kind of, you know, like the Beverly Hills style, you know, yuppie rich kid. Rich kid. Yeah, and with his did. tweed
1: jacket. You know, he he's polite when he when he wants something, and mm-hmm. not so much
0: after. And he has the face that you want to punch when he's being an asshole. Like he has that kind of face. Oh yeah. Uh, but he plays this kid great it's a great performance for, I, for me i'm gonna keep saying it but i'll just say it right now for me i don't think there was a, a bad performance in this movie everybody who played these characters and these parts did a, a great job elizabeth shoe is ali mills you know hold on oh. hold the hold hold
1: the phone because there was a different person
0: originally chosen for this character considering- for Johnny. oh yeah oh. i knew that too what was it crispin glover yes that's right can you imagine crispin no. glover as johnny okay in the karate kid dude nicholas
1: cage is ralph macchio and crispin glover oh as my johnny. god that
0: would have been amazing
1: that movie is wild or charlie sheen and crispin glover like what the hell like that would have been just bonkers
0: I was uh, so also on Wikipedia, I loved this because I had read this about production It said that when he was auditioning for this character of Johnny, he was told to act out a scene from the script while wearing a headband. He walked up to and grabbed John um, Avildsen. I'm assuming that's one of the producers or maybe the director and said, watch your mouth, asshole. He then exited the room and came back in, took off his headband and said, I'm sorry, that was Johnny. That wasn't Billy, <laughs> the actor. He uh, nice. the uh, Avildsen avidson then said, how old are you? You're a little bigger than our karate kid. And Zapka responded, Bruce Lee was smaller than Kareem Abdul Jabbar, but he beat him in in reference to the game of death. And so, because he knew that and he referenced the game of death, being that Bruce Lee beat a much taller person, they're like, all right, you got the role. Well, he became Johnny.
1: And there was a lot of people on this stunt doubles and whatnot on this movie that were also, yeah, you know, of that, you know, of that time of that lore also in those movies and uh, practitioners. With Chuck Norris uh, for uh, Jeet Kune Do and and some other Bruce Lee-related fisticuffs. Yeah. Then we have
0: Elizabeth Shue as Allie Mills. Um,
1: But we could have had Helen Hunt or Demi Moore.
0: I saw that too, dude. That's crazy to think about. Seriously. Or Valerie Harper. Oh, no. I I pulled up Allie Mills instead of Elizabeth Shue. So Elizabeth Shue is one of those girls from the 80s that was one of those kinds of... um, the girl the, the girl that the boys probably would have the pictures of, the pinups in the locker of. You know what I mean? Elizabeth mm-hmm. Shue was one of those actresses right up there um, with a lot of the other ones, Molly Ringwald and those girls. So karate. She looks like a cabbage, she looked like a cabbage patch kid in this movie. This, <laughs> like, her-, her hair, <laughs> her face of, a little bit. Even her outfit. This was her second film, dude. Her only mm-hmm. her second film, two years or three years later, would be for me her iconic film, one of her iconic films, Adventures in Babysitting. Then followed by cocktail, Back to the Future's two and three. So she has a run of really just bomb eighty. I mean, when I say bomb, I mean awesome. Bomb ass. Yeah, yeah, that's
1: right. She replaced the first Jennifer in Back to the Future. I I was thinking it was the other way around, but uh, I was mistaken there.
0: Yes, dude. So yeah, Um, and then you remember she got nominated for the Academy Award for Best Actress in Leaving Las Vegas uh, in '96. Mm. But Elizabeth Shue was was one of those actresses that again. She had the looks, but she was good at the way she acted. I thought she didn't mm-hmm. play this character well. You know, those those moments where she was kind of put off by Daniel being a, a douche. You know what I mean? Or, or toxic. Yeah, toxic. <laughs> which nowadays, uh, very New we look at, nowadays we look at a lot of these things as toxic. And I've always said this when, when I have discussions about this, is that these movies in the eighties didn't help. They didn't help boys in mm-hmm. development in terms of this is how you treat women and, and how you take signals from ladies. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, so Martin Cove uh, is plays John crease. This is the sensei for Cobra Kai. Yeah, he definitely. I remember even as a kid and even watching it now, he looks scary. He looks, I mean, he plays this part like you're supposed to fear him and mm-hmm. you do when you see him and the way he
1: talks. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't, uh, I wouldn't cross this guy.
0: Yeah. He'd had a whole lot of films before the karate kid role uh, right after karate kid, but between karate kid uh, one and two, he does Rambo first blood. Mm-hmm. And then between karate kid two and three, he does Steel justice, which looks like a straight to straight to video movie.
1: I think it's straight to video store rental. Movie.
0: Yeah. But dude, this dude always, anytime I see him, I don't know. I don't care what it's in. I always think of the Cobra Kai sensei. I always think of that. This guy will forever be that guy to me.
1: Oh, yeah. I mean, this is his, this is his, uh, you know, this is his role. There's no, I mean, he honestly could have been one of the guys sitting at the table in the wrestler, you know, one of those old timers. Yeah. He would have fit in perfectly there.
0: Um, then we have Randy Heller as the mother of, of, uh, Daniel LaRusso, Lucille LaRusso. Now this is her second film as well. So like, it seems like some of these people, this is like, they're, they're pretty new into the, into the film industry as, or in, into making films. Again, Not a big
1: career on in movies, but a hell of a long career in,
0: in TV. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. She showed up as a care. She's basically a character actress. Exactly. Um, but she plays this character well. She comes across just like a New Jersey mother. Do you know mm-hmm. what I mean? That oh, moment when she sees his face and she's like, oh, my God, what happened to my baby? You know what I mean? Or, or when he's meeting the parents and she's rolling down the window and leaning across that seat. Hi. Hi. I'm the mother.
1: <laughs> she. So, Chris, tell me, uh, would she have been one of the
0: wives in Goodfellas? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Easily. She could have easily been that then we have the rest of basically the 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 rest of the cast is rounded out by the goons right the goons were Mm -hmm. all they were all again they all did a great job because they all came across as goons that would hang around with the ringleader and then go out and pick on kids and be in the background saying yeah get them get them kind of a thing you know
1: yeah um so one one thing to note about this cast i think that's all of them right that we're going to talk on yeah there was a there was a I don't I don't I don't know oh. if they still
0: actually let's just say this real quick. Do you sure. remember the, the guy that was going to that was fighting him right before he moved on had bl- uh, before he fought Bobby Brown had blonde hair and it looked like he had blonde eyebrows as well. It looked like yes, he, that was played by Chad McQueen son of Steve McQueen.
1: OK, yeah, so that's a cool little tidbit as well. There's a uh, there's a music group called. No more Kings. And in 2007, they did a song called sweep the leg. (laughs) That's amazing. The music video. So this is 2007, right? The music video gets everybody, everybody back together. And it's basically the first season of Cobra Kai, to my understanding.
0: That's amazing.
1: It's like Johnny's redemption. Like the one like Bobby, the one that's like with his feathered hair is like, get him a body bag. Yeah. Even that's though amazing. he's like, I don't want to I don't want to take him out. I can win this. Um, He uh, uh, he's like sitting in his trailer. He's like watching the movie. It's like, dude, you were in the movie. How do you watch the movie of the of the thing that you were in? You know, like he's yeah. playing his he's playing his character in the music video. And he's like, he's like uh, at the, the skeleton fight scene. He's like malone johnny's had enough he's like mouthing the words of his character it's,
0: <laughs> it's even better it's,
1: it's it is great dude. like and the song's pretty pretty catchy too but uh they also did a the same band did us it's not like a, a gimmicky well it is a gimmicky uh thing but like they did a night rider one it was an mm-hmm. animated music video i think william devane not william devane um mr feeney was in it nice yeah uh, i can't think of his name what is his name da- uh william daniels that's it yeah nice but anyway yeah carry on
0: uh but yeah dude overall the casting was i think the casting was great and the way they acted was was i mean the acting the the job they did a great job it was for me even watching this later like i said i hadn't seen it since i was a, since I was a kid and i think one of my worries too was was this rose-colored glasses was this going to be another never-ending story to me which i probably watched never Ended story again and changed my mind you know it was it was different as i was watching i was being very critical uh I don't I won't change my mind. There were still things in that where I was just like, oof, this doesn't mm-hmm. work well. Whereas this, yes, there are things that are not as woke the way it's written, but the characters, the way they act, it's just kind of like it it feels of the time. So it felt you natural.
1: All, you can also chalk it up to teen angst as well. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah.
1: And emotions and hormones and, and you know, your body's changing. Yeah. And you know, big time. Yes, as as we both know. <laughs>
0: Uh, all right, dude, let's move on to the soundtrack, the music, the score.
1: So this was done by Bill Conti as I referenced already. Yeah. And he also did Rocky and works a lot with right. uh, this character, uh, with the, uh, the character, the director, John, uh, John G. Avildsen.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: And since, well, they started in Rocky and, um, Instrumental score was Jack Askew. Uh, lots of pan flutes, not to be confused with Jethro Tull. Yeah. Well,
0: they had to because anytime we had uh, scenes with Mr. Miyagi, it had to sound mm-hmm. Eastern. It had to have an Asian sound to it. So that's but when did the flutes though? would kick in. In 1984, yes. Yes. This, these days, not so much. Uh, it would but probably be is...
1: BTS. Instead of
0: (laughs) some J-pop and K-pop, dude, Uh, it would be. (laughs) But but it would because that's true. It's true. Why not? Right. Um. It'd be so. The soundtrack and the score are legit '80s soaked. This is of its time. The music, the soundtrack, the music on this movie. You know, the best. You're the best. Is probably one of the most iconic '80s. You know, from from a film kind of uh songs and it's typically used for montage sequences right it, it's perfect for that and, and oh, it by totally the way
1: is. It, it is it played over the almost the entirety of except when daniel got drop kicked yeah it, it plays over the entire tournament montage which is what 15 minutes yeah no it's like four minutes maybe like the third act is that long you know the setup of within the third act is that long yeah but damn it it's the best song, dude. Like, <laughs> it's, it's the perfect. best,
0: uh, except there's one other song on the soundtrack for me. It's Tops. I absolutely love it. When I hear an 80s uh, playlist anywhere and this comes on, I'm loving it. It's just got such a vibe is Bananarama's Cruel Summer. Mm-hmm. Love that song. So that's but great. It wasn't
1: used as well as it could have been. No, like, no. They used know, like the was refrain good, no. and that's it.
0: Um,
1: um But the, yeah, the, the rest
0: of this is all the music is 80s. It's so 80s. It sounds like <sighs> some of it was written for like TV. show, You know how TV show openers had a specific sound in the 80s? Like, oh, so that's what some of the music in this sounds like.
1: (laughs) So what Chris is referring to, to those younger listeners is they wouldn't just start the show. Sometimes they would start it, do a cold open, and then they would go to the theme, which was what? It started out as what, a minute, minute and a half?
0: Yeah, yeah. And And then a lot of times it was...
1: (laughs) 30 yeah. seconds. And season a lot of two, times, they would change it up the clips, yes. and then they would, they would shrink it different or they versions. would expand it. Yeah. Uh, speaking of that, have you ever listened to there's a YouTube video where it's about five minutes long. There were nine seasons of growing pains. Oh my God. And every season. The first, the uh, first one was different than two and three, four was different than all of them because it was the first three. This is weird, by the way, I I'm feel. telling you this, but no, it was the same song. Was, yeah. that '70s just, show did it as well. Just
0: abridged, right?
1: Uh, no, very different. The, oh. this, that '70s show was a completely different group that sang season one's intro. Yeah, and then they refilmed it with uh, Cheap Trick, I think it was. Yeah, and doing the, and um, but like, growing pains, like seasons one, two, and three was a duet, and seasons four was not. They took out the female oh, singer. interesting. And then five, six, seven, eight and nine, they put in electronic robots. <laughs> no, I think it was Alan Thick's wife at the time. Oh, he's saying, uh, and I think it was two different female singers uh, in, in there somewhere. Uh, if I remember correctly, and my growing pains trivia is not up to par. So maybe I'm talking out my ass, but
0: we'll, we'll have to start watching those again too. Uh, uh, dude, you joke. I'll do it. <laughs> but this uh, so but these songs dude like i say when it comes to sounding like these sitcom theme songs is because a lot of the times the music that were used for sitcom theme songs were pop songs not not popular songs on the charts but typically they were from art a song from an album you know that an artist put out um, you know so like i'm thinking of songs like from cheers you know that song's an actual song uh, the mm-hmm. Greatest American Hero. That's an actual song, you know. Thank you for being not. a friend. Yes, exactly. So that's what this movie feels like. There's a lot of songs on the soundtrack that have a feel that, like, this could be for a TV theme song, but it's mm-hmm. very 80s. It's of the time. Jeez. It feels. It feels. It, it fills the atmosphere of this film. It works right. There's nothing about it that doesn't work. Um, I think they could have used a different song when they were
1: on the beach. When the motorcycles came up and that the bop bop on the beach song. Oh. (laughs) Like that is but that could be like a Frankie Valley Beach, one of those beach movies that they did in the 50s and 60s. I'm not familiar with the with those uh also. But Beach
0: Blanket Bingo. Something like that. Yeah. Yep, that'll be on our list too. Don't you
1: worry. No. Um... (laughs) The the one thing that every '80s movie is missing. Every '80s movie could have done this, and it would have made the soundtrack so much better. Use Barracuda from Heart, just the opening guitar riff. That's all. I don't know where it would have fit. Maybe it would have fit when he was driving through the uh, after Mr. Miyagi gave him the car, and he's driving through the parking lot because he's a badass now.
0: There you go, right? So yeah, overall for me though, score soundtrack it works. It it fits this movie, and I thought it was awesome. Mm, Agreed. Let's go into the special effects. practical and all we're looking at is a little bit of blood and bruising blood. makeup yep. we're looking at makeup is what we're looking at for special effects in this film
1: yeah and um, yeah literally makeup uh, also it. with skeletons makeup yeah,
0: yeah. and again T-lips. believable his eye looked like what a black eye looks like when it's bruised badly like he, he got bashed up there what if um, he was method when he had he had that scrape across his forehead it looked like he literally scraped the ground you know what I mean it yeah. looked good um, so yeah I think the makeup was good. Uh, What else can you say? What do you think? Frank Darabont? I was thinking Savini. Savini was was the master behind this one.
1: Yeah. (laughs) I don't think they needed his expertise for this one.
0: (laughs) Oh, man. All right, dude. Let's talk about this film in terms of our last minute review, our last thoughts, and then how much we're giving it. We're giving this out of uh, five fighting skeletons, skeletal, skeletal fighting machines, something like that. Five fighting skeletons. Machines, huh? Um, You want to go? I'll go first. I'll get this out of the way. So sure. I haven't seen this since I was a kid watching this again. Like I said, wasn't sure what I was going to get into, but I knew there was, I was familiar with the story. So I knew what I was getting into in that regard. Uh, but I got to say, man, watching it again, aside from specific things that might be cringe in terms of where we've evolved today. Societally. Uh, this movie holds up. Still. It's still a really good story in terms of watching this kid you know, move out here, start to get picked on, try to fight for himself, realizing he needs help. Right, um, befriends a, a man that kind of gives him a father figure role—the thing that he's looking for. He needs guidance because without that, he was just—he was going nuts. He was kind of, you know, screaming at his mom and and and. You know, even snapping at his, the girl that he was really kind of into, like all the even even the thing with the, the bullies that were bullying him, the fact that he reacted to immediately go after them, like all of these things were because he had no guidance and no kind of balance in his life. So the fact that Mr. Miyagi was able to add that father figure to him, we watched, you know, we watched character growth in that we watched some character development with Mr. Miyagi in in regards to this movie Um even with Johnny towards the end, you know, as you started to see him realize what his his coach really was like, that his coach didn't even care about him, whereas he thought he did. But he didn't, you know, he, he just he just wanted to win and didn't care how. So we, we watched a little bit of growth there. Uh, soundtrack is awesome, dude. You know, it's fi- it's filmed great too. watching some of these scenes and some of the some of the choice of, of angles and lighting. I mean, this is a gorgeous looking film still for for the time it was made. Uh, it's got that eighties feel, if that makes sense. Like when you watch certain mm-hmm. movies, it feels eighties. This one totally does. Um, again, having not seen it since I was a kid watching it again as an, as, as an adult, you know, I didn't feel out of touch. I still felt like I could identify with certain themes happening in this movie. Uh, loved it, man. I love the movie. And and for me, this is a class. It does stand up as a classic and um even though there is an argument for the story truly being that Daniel LaRusso is the villain, uh, which is an entertaining argument, and that could be another conversation at another time. Um, still, for me, I, I think it's a it's a great film, and it's not going to be perfect. So for me, I'm putting it up there at 4.85 fighting 4.85. skeletons. 4.85. Missing a couple of what, metatarsals? Just a little. A couple yeah. of them.
1: Pinky so toe. what? what you're referencing and what we've kind of been winking and, and elbowing each other in the ribs metaphorically about is, uh, there is a YouTube video by, uh, on a, by a guy named Matthew J. Turner. And he, he talks about how Daniel LaRusso is the villain of this movie and he takes everything, not everything, but a lot of things out of context and looks at it in a vacuum and says, this is how Daniel's the villain, you know, Johnny just wants to come and talk to his girlfriend and uh, da- Johnny's being yes his his behavior is wrong but Daniel uh, takes the opportunity to take a moment from staring at Johnny's ex-girlfriend and, which was weird
0: know, it was a lot of it, weird things and how but, they showed a yeah. development of a relationship
1: I, I made the comment while watching it of teen love is weird
0: yeah very you know? very or at least it's written weird by adults
1: but you know a lot of the things you said were, were Were uh, the way that I felt as well Uh, you know the movie the the movie is a juggernaut it has spawned sequels uh, two canon sequels then one uh, a third one with a different actor actress specifically uh, and then a remake it also Chris there was a 13 episode animated show
0: oh that's right I remember that I remember that
1: actually I don't but that's okay Um, but you know Uh, I had seen this movie probably in the late '90s, and and then I had seen it again, early teens, and and you know I always thought it was a good movie. Um, Seeing it every time, there's a slightly different perspective on it, but uh, you know so there's so many different things in here. It launched so many careers, uh, or or even uh, catapulted them even higher. You know this movie lasts not only in the zeitgeist, the stratosphere, the, uh, it's a classic, it's part of pop culture. Still blah, blah, blah. Cobra Kai is a Halloween costume all the time. Yeah. The skeletons, you know, everybody, every kid knows how to do, knows in air quotes, how to do karate.
0: I do dude. Uh, wax yeah. on wax off, bro.
1: Yeah. Show me, show me paint the fence. Show me sand the floor. Exactly. Uh, you know, and, and there's, it's got the quintessential eighties montage in it. You know, mm-hmm. you can't uh, you can't not have any one of the greatest
0: movie. montage songs of all time.
1: Um, well, some might say Stairway to Heaven is the best song ever. No, no, <laughs> no. You're the best is it's, right it's the best, there, dude. Yeah, it's a pretty damn good song. And, and you know, again, the cast, the story, uh, there's no CG of which to speak, uh, but there is practical effects, blood, uh, like, like you said, makeup. You know, I, I, I think that, you know, I'm watching this movie and and I, I sent you a text this morning. I said, I have I have things to talk about. I watched this movie. And, you know, when Mr. Miyagi's do, we watched this last night and when he does his uh, his second clap, the second slow clap mm-hmm. and repairs Daniel LaRusso's badly torn, damaged knee, uh, which I mean, if only he was around when Steve Austin no tore, blew kidding, out both dude. of his knees, man,
0: or his neck, um, dude, come on.
1: I mean, well, that, I mean, you can only do shoulders and knees. Come on. <laughs> You're um, asking too much. Yeah. And someone's neck. Jeez. Anyways, he, um, you know, I, I I paused it and I told, I told you about the, the Rocky thing that I told you a little bit ago, uh, the Bill Conti, you know, the death or not the death, the, the bell toll, mm-hmm. And it's like, Oh, it's coming. It's good. I mean, I know what's happening, but then like, as Daniel hits the crane kick again, I know what's going to happen. Yeah. Johnny grabs the thing and he's like, here you go, man, you're all right with me. And I'm like, son of a bitch, Johnny, you just won my heart.
2: Like I'm starting (laughs) to like,
1: I was getting choked up and like, I'm like, man, I'm getting old or super emotional or something. (laughs) Like what is going on here? It's a
0: full moon, man. It's a full moon.
1: It was the night. It it actually was.
0: Yeah. (laughs) But yeah, it
1: was. So, you know, all that, I mean, I've seen this movie at different points in my life. It has different meanings at different times you see different things uh so the movie has layers it's generational um I somehow doubt my kid my my 17 year old would like this uh or care but um maybe the new one I haven't seen it to speak of it the Jaden Smith mm-hmm. Jackie Chan one oh. yeah um but, I haven't even watched know, it
0: but it's just my reaction is only because I love this and the nostalgia it's, thing and it's it just bothers why. me that they do that yeah Hmm.
1: um but, you know, I honestly got to go with I got to go with a full five on this one. Just nice. from I, I mean, I was I was going I was like eh, this and then that and then and then I'm like, oh, I had opinions that I had to tell Chris about. And, you know, uh, I know what happens in the second and third one. not yeah. that They get any better. Um, but, you know, knowing that as well, but still, you know, analyzing this one in a vacuum, you can't deny this movie. You can't deny what it did. You can't deny the characters, the actors. Mm -hmm. So yeah, again, uh, I have to say a full, a full, full
0: on five for me. Nice. Nice. There you go. So that's karate kid. We got that one down in the bag. Next up, we're going from one sport to another. We're going to be ball. We're staying in the college realm and we're checking out another classic. I haven't seen this since I was a kid. Once again, this being, Hoosiers. Right, get it
2: up there. You can't score. Get it on shoot. Ready. Shoot from outside. Quit throwing it around. Get it in the hole. Oh, there you are. I thought we'd go uh, 20 minutes on, 10 off, and 20 on. I had a different schedule on mine. Uh, look, mister, these boys got a routine they're used to. You uh, throw a new coach with newfangled ideas at them, uh, might get them all confused. Yeah, we'll ease into it real slowly. Hell, our first game's less than two weeks away. Well, first of all, let's be real friendly here, okay? My name is Norm. Secondly, your coaching days are over. Look, mister, there's two kinds of dumb. Uh, guy that gets naked and runs out in the snow and barks at the moon, and a uh, guy who does the same thing in my living room first one don't matter, the second one you're kind of forced to deal with. Translate. That's some sort of threat? I don't know why Cletus drug your tired old bones in here. He must have owed you something fierce. Fact is, mister, you start screwing up this team. I'll personally hide and strap your ass to a pine rail and send you up the Mona online. Leave the ball. Will you George?
0: All right. Uh, thanks so much for listening everybody. We appreciate it. We'll see you guys next week with Hoosiers uh, until then, Sean, you got anything to say? Keep on
1: keep it on carry on. Be safe, be kind, be gentle, um, be friendly and be nice until it's time to not be nice there and you no, know,
0: and no Chris, when someone's had enough. Exactly. Exactly. And make sure not to sweep the leg until then. It is now time to unsilence your phones.